Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. That's right, Real Good Show is back at it again for another week. It is episode number 133, an episode where, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the trade deadline, I would imagine. That was earlier today. Uh, by the time you listen to this on Wednesday or whenever you listen to it, uh, it might be in the far past and you have perhaps forgotten all about it, but... The feelings are still raw as we record it's 20, right now. It's 2018, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had a we haven't had a good like. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this in 2019, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of those. Yeah, and I think Stefan even put it like several years in the future. He did, but I was just anticipating that this podcast won't make it to 2020. Uh, oh well, none of us might really. <laughs> Who knows? There's also that. Yeah. Yes. My name is Justin Morissette, however, and with me once again, as always, is. Stefan Heck and I am John Cullen, and, and we're here again. Yes. You know, I had a like, I had an existential moment this week where I was just driving in my car, mm-hmm. and I wasn't listening to the show or anything, but the show just like popped in my mind, and I was like, "We've seriously done a hundred and thirty-two of these goddamn things." Yeah, that's so many. That's so many times we've done this show. It's just not we- in a bad way. I just was, I, I didn't feel any way about it. It was just like existentially, like, holy shit, that's a lot of time you feel old because yeah, of how many podcasts of like, you've done well we've just kind of yeah and we've like you know a lot of shit has happened in our lives since we started doing the show we've all had like jobs and events happen in our lives and moves and it's just crazy shit man and i just was yeah so i was just thinking about that mm-hmm. we're catal- cataloging our like uh experience of Growing old, basically. Yeah, it's got to be crazy for the pods that have done, like, like Spy, for example, Stop Podcasting Yourself. I mean, they've done, like, 520. Mm-hmm. Now, Justin, so you said so that well. like it was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is cataloging okay. our lives. Exactly. Yeah. It's an anthology. <laughs> like, oh, I love to look okay. back. I, I, I love to listen to episode 21. Yeah. Not for the jokes, but just to see how my life was going at the time. <laughs> exactly. Right? We should start doing... That should start being our, a weekly segment where we just do a time capsule look and we talk about... Look back at, like, my problems from 100 episodes Yeah, ago. exactly. Like, we just talk about what we did this week so that when we go back and listen to this when we're drunk and crying in, like, 2021, we're like, oh, that's what was happening in 2018. Well, yeah. I don't know. It was a dream of mine when I was a kid to like put out uh, an album, like musically. Okay, sure. Uh, So that there was like some record of like what I did on this earth after I die. Right. And I guess in some ways this podcast is kind of like that. Yeah. Except as soon as I die, no one will be around to pay our hosting fees. So all the episodes will probably just disappear. Oh, yeah. I guess that's fair. Hey. I didn't think about that. We need it. We need a will. We need a contingency plan. Because like you let's, can uh, let's put our episodes on like a golden record and shoot it into space. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I know because you can. There's a company that you can pay to like uh, like tweet for you after you die and stuff. Really? Yeah. Uh, so like if you die, then they can like 
they can manage your socials if you don't have like friends to do it. That but then what? The, Why would anyone want that? Well, it's a, just a great thing to do. I think. Like, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna get them to manage my socials. Well, Jordan Cohen, a comedian, used to have a joke about how he was gonna pay for them to manage his socials for a year and just have no one actually think he's dead. <laughs> just but like all just like news, really, like whoa, the new Lady Gaga album is great. <laughs> and then just like so, and then like at the end be like oh by the way Jordan died a year ago. <laughs> but, I don't know. But yeah, I, there are companies that will do that or or you can even get them to just like make sure that your accounts get like shut down okay. or whatever so that like ISIS doesn't like steal it or whatever. I, you just there's like a, a switch on Facebook. There's like a there's there's just like a, a section you go to in turn the it settings. into a memorial page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I know that, but I'm but I, I guess it's I guess it's just for like people who don't have someone to do that for them. Okay. It's a pretty limited market, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I had to unfollow Roger Ebert on Twitter because he kept tweeting even though he was dead. Oh, and right. it bummed me out because I'd see one of his tweets and be like, oh, yeah, remember when he died? Right. I yeah. don't actually want to remember that. <laughs> I give no his death more. one star. <laughs> exactly. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah. yeah he, did, he did the thumb system, not the star system. Well, no. Though. When he, he did reviews online, he did yeah, stars. In the Chicago well. Sun Times. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah. When he was doing the, when he had his show. The show, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. And then Ebert and Roper. And he trademarked his thumbs. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Well, they, I'm sure they must have trademarked the phrase, like, two thumbs up. I wonder if he probably, like, insured his own thumb. Like, not his full hand. Just the thumb Just the part. thumb? Yeah. I mean, it would be really ironic if he insured his thumb when the rest of his body looked like that. <laughs> but his thumbs looked great, though. Yeah, I guess I that's know. fair. Yeah, he's I mean, just like, I don't give a shit about my <laughs> trash pile of a body. His my thumb is his, like... His, like, mouth exploded and he lost his jaw well, later that in was, life. Well, that was really bad. And, and I was not referring to that. And the insurance company is like, oh, thank God it wasn't his thumb. We'd be out big time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's how they are. You know, they're just looking out to try and get out of pain for anything that's that's all, true every insurance company that's true yeah i and i'm just, just trying to say that wasn't a tasteless thing to say no that's yeah that's what they're like that is what they're like <laughs> i agree <laughs> i think that uh as someone who has released an album justin mm-hmm. i'm still pretty sure no one's gonna remember me when i, I don't talk. know there's physical copies of it true but yeah I, I i agree like i think that that is something that people think about like i need to do something creatively yeah. so that like that will exist after i pass mm-hmm. but if no one listens to it when you're alive, then why are you so... <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's like, oh, is this really going to make a difference? Well, maybe, maybe I'll do so many of these things <laughs> that even if the podcast like were to go offline when I'm not paying for it, that like someone out there would like make a statue like out a- of me anyway. <laughs> I like that you went to statue. Yeah, well, that's my a, thought was I was saying f- a physical thing on this earth. Oh, I see. I, I mean, a record might you know get worn out. My thought was like a uh, statue like will a stand forever. I was yeah, thinking a bench. Yeah, bench is good. Although I found out, I I can't remember who I heard this from, but if you if you get uh like a memorial bench or whatever, Do you have you have to co- be dead. No, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, well, I don't know. If it's a memorial bench, then yeah. Well, but I think you can just get a bench. Can I commemorate a bench yeah. in honor of myself right now? Yeah, that sort of sucks because, like, don't you want to see the bench? Well, it's like, yeah. oh, uh, so and so loved sitting here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they died. They didn't get to see this. Yeah. They didn't know we were going to do it. Well, that's but. like the best thing that has ever been on the internet is that commemorative bench that's like, this man hated this park and everyone right. in it. Yes. It's, uh, I can't even remember. 
how long ago that that's was a from. while ago but no but what i was gonna say is that you the the bench it's like it's a contract it's not a like okay your plaque's on the bench now and forever you have to pay like by the year. Oh, really? So it's like, yeah. So, so it's like the naming rights fee for like a stadium. Exactly. So if you decide at some point that you're like, ah, okay, like I don't care enough about this dead relative anymore to pay 500 bucks for this bench or whatever, then they just pop the plaque off and, <laughs> and put, put another else. one else on there. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, there's a waiting list for the benches, my friends. <laughs> That's why they started it at White Rock Beach, where I grew up. They the benches there. They actually do two nameplates. They do them on the end because the benches are those like almost airport style, where there's seats on both sides. Okay. So it's got yeah, that yeah. like U shaped, and they do uh, caps. They do memorial caps on either side, so they can actually sell two per bench. Oh, it's it's a big money making scheme. A, absolutely, who wouldn't want to like be billboards for dead people? White Rock Beach. Well, but you can put a statue on the end of the pier in White Rock Beach. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to think statues are not that expensive. Like they got to be equivalent cost to a tombstone. I don't know, man. So like, like why wouldn't art you just... is expensive? Like okay, no, a statue would be more expensive than a tombstone for sure. You think so? Okay. Let's it's see. It's like a slab and then there's stuff carved into it. And a statue is like a, it's, it's, Oh, here we go. Okay. Sculptor.org custom commission sculpture for sale. Like, but like every time the city of Vancouver commissions some piece of art, they just get pilloried for it because yeah, like, they only asked Douglas Copeland to do it. But like remember, <laughs> that, that, that like fucking like poodle, the dog that went up on like Camby, I think, like by, by Broadway. Oh, the dog on the stick. Yeah, it's like yeah, a giant yeah, elevated dog. And didn't it cost like forty thousand dollars? Yeah, more than that. Yeah, then a fucking statue of me, if a poodle costs that much, it's probably going to be like a hundred thousand. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm on Quora. I'm on Quora.com. Okay. Says, uh, how much does it cost to make a life-size statue of someone? Uh, a sculptor would have to charge many thousands of pounds for a bronze cast or a carved marble just to cover their costs. The final price would depend on how famous the sculptor is. You pay a lot for the name. If, on the other hand, you'd like to try your hand at sculpting, there are certain materials that would bring the costs right down. But then I uh, have to do it myself. Well, and it also is like... <laughs> Just like a dying geriatric Justin yeah. to make his own statue. Make his own statue. Well, and, the, the, and the suggestions are uh, paper mache. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first suggestion. That was the first one. To bring okay. the cost down. Geriatric Justin <laughs> making a paper mache statue you in the in the alzheimer's ward of his local nursing home uh then styrofoam blocks uh plaster and logs and then it says some modern artists use weird and wonderful materials including balloons but that's another story do these people know what a statue is but apparently yes so wired uh, ran an article back in February about 3D printing a life-size statue of yourself. Oh, hell yeah. I'm into this. In the caption of one picture, they say life-size 3D printed statues start at 15,000. Oh, and for shit. groups, they can go as high as 75. It took over 500 hours to print, and then the parts had to be assembled. Let me see if I can look at this article here. But to me, I mean... It seems like a no-brainer. 15 Gs is nothing. If you're going to die, I mean, screw it. Actually, this looks... I mean... It doesn't. It looks like you would be a character in a video game, but in life. Oh, that yeah, that's very realistic. But it's like it's pretty good, right? Yeah. So or yeah, you could go. You could go my route and do the real doll thing. 
Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, there is also that, which is yeah. But I mean, you ha- you have to already look like a sex doll, as we discovered. Which, fortunately, Stefan, you do. I do. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. So you're fine. Just uh, lucky, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would call it. Uh, so it says, yeah, if you get, uh, if you want like a, a small action figure of yourself, it's ninety five dollars. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'll if do you that want, today. Uh, if you want a Barbie, uh, like a ten inch tall model, it goes for four hundred, and a fourteen inch tall uh, model goes for seven hundred. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm making a Jesse Ferrar action figure. Yeah, it's only ninety five bucks. Just, can you, can you like customize like are they, if they're holding something? I want to do a stay sipping. Jesse Ferrar action figure. Yeah, oh, I think you can. Yeah. I think you can, but it seems like you you have to have your body scanned. Maybe it says, mm. yeah, the company has eight 3D scanning booths scattered in strategic locations throughout the world. Uh, there's one in L.A. So if Jesse comes to okay. visit, you, it's at Santa I Monica. Have, I have like a rough estimate of what his body looks like. That's fair. It's in Santa yeah. Monica Place in Los Angeles. So yeah, you're just gonna make like a Jesse Ferrar scarecrow, basically. Yeah, it's just like a. a garbage bag full of creamed corn <laughs> and then scan that yeah yeah we got it <laughs> done uh yeah and it, it says that yeah so the company is called dube and the things are called duplicates okay yeah mm. so seems like they came up with that first and then we're like i guess we should call our company <laughs> we can't call them dupes sort <laughs> of reverse engine like worked backwards kind of cheating Oh wow, this is pretty this is actually I've run into a great another th- great thing here on this same quorum uh this answer comes from George Wang Sales. We could make marble bronze life-size sculpture. If make in marble price is about USD 1800, it is about USD 2200 in bronze. U Fine Art Co. is located in Kuyang County, Hebei Province, which is known as the sculpture hometown of China. Yeah, you know what? He's a smooth talker, this guy. I trust him. <laughs> George Wang. <laughs> so yeah, it says it says realistically, any if you want like a bronze statue, it's anywhere between sixty thousand and seven hundred thousand. Okay. 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 I'm gonna go for the uh, action figure. I think ninety five bucks. Yeah, and I'm still gonna use it uh, sexually, but. <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, I was going to say how would it fit, but then I forgot that we're talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to eat it. <laughs> it's gonna I was going to shove, I'm going to shove it up my ass. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's also that. There's always that option that uh, you can always consider that you can just put it in your ass. Just attach a camera to it or something and yeah. then That's make, make your own board. Oh, All right, let's, oh, come on <laughs> You know what? This is a sports podcast. I only know about what that even is because of you, and yet I'm the sick one. I don't know. I've never heard Stefan talk about it before. About Vor? Yeah, never. It's all he talks about. What's Vor? What is Vor? I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what that is. I've never heard of it. Is that like a video game or something? This is really Justin, disgusting, Justin. Justin, that's, yeah, that is super sick that you would actually talk about We're this. We're going to edit this out, I assume. Yeah, I would hope so. What, I don't, should I even, I don't, you know what, I don't even want yeah. to Google it. I, I was just talking about shoving an action figure of myself up my own ass, and you have to go make it gross. Yeah. Okay, I apologize. I apologize okay. to both it's of okay. you. It's okay, it's okay. Thank you. I apologize to the listeners at I home accept. as well. I accept. Thank you. I've brought yeah. great shame to the podcast. You have. And, oh, you uh, know what I could do with the action figure? I could put a camera on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Vor? Yeah, like Vor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, well, uh, 
last week, the day that we dropped the episode that came out last week, something happened. That there were some people that were quite upset with us that we did not discuss on the episode, but... Uh, the episode literally came out an hour after this news was announced, so I don't know how we would have done that. And I have, um, I am, of course, referring to uh, the Eric Goodbranson contract extension. Yeah. So before uh, before we get into that, um, we we figured because a lot of people have been just lighting us up. They're like, we we want you guys to talk about the Canucks, and uh, you know, we are sometimes a sports podcast, and we don't have a guest today, so. We figured we'd get back to our roots by not only talking about the Canucks, but we are going to do a special Canucks mailbag edition of the show today. Uh, because when I put out the regular call for questions, just for top three questions of the week, we got a lot of Canucks questions. And so I will just kind of, as the impartial observer who yeah, cheers... Yeah, you're, like, you're our moderator. I'm your moderator, week. exactly. I'm just going to sit back and, and let it fly. You've got nothing uh, to feel upset about at the end of this trade deadline. No, I feel great. We made a good, I mean, good pickup. Kept all our guys I wanted to. We, we didn't get guys I wanted us to avoid, like Luke Glendening. Yeah, they were and, apparently in on McDonough as well. Yeah, but the McDonough, I mean, that was a, I mean, it, what a it, haul! It was a pretty good haul. I mean, Tampa has better prospects. Like it's one of those things where you look at Tampa's roster and you're like, okay, they didn't really give up that much. Like they didn't. Yeah, give and up. they got JT Miller too. And they got JT Miller, so they didn't really give up like a ton. But like the Leafs don't have that kind of prospect depth where if they gave up that kind of package, they would be... Because someone was saying like the equivalent package for the Leafs would have been like a first and a second plus uh, either Connor Brown or Zach Hyman plus Jeremy Brocco and Carl Grundstrom, which are like... Those are pretty... Like I think Grundstrom will be like an NHLer for sure. Brocco maybe, but yeah. So That, to me, like, once it was put in that context, because I don't know that much about the prospects that Tampa gave up, aside, I guess, Brett Howden a little bit, but... Yeah, and they they did give up Nemestikov, who's having a hell of a season, but he's also... But he was also playing with Stamkos and... And Kucherov. And Kucherov, which could not be a more fortuitous situation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could put up double-digit points for those guys. And they'll plug JT Miller, probably, into that exact spot and be like, yeah, we can re-sign you for way cheaper than he's going to be for them. Yeah, Um, exactly. So... Um, I will, uh, I'll just moderate this discussion. I'll, I'll ask you guys a few questions and we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, this will take us into the rest of the show. Yeah. Because good Branson and that extension kind of relates to the trade deadline and how the Canucks either did or did not handle it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first question comes in, uh, from Jamie at no names left 53. What the fuck are the Canucks doing? <laughs> Uh, so I mean I feel like this kind of you know because you were you were already talking about the good Branson extension mm-hmm. so they're doing they're doing the same thing they've been doing for four years like it's not anything different it is kind of a direction I suppose but this is exactly what we should have expected uh, they never ever ever trade for draft picks they traded for a draft pick last year uh, in the in the Hanson deal. And they also got Goldobin. And the only reason they made that trade was because of the expansion draft coming up. Uh, probably the only reason they traded Burroughs was because he said, hey, you can trade me. <laughs> um, they The last straight-up player for picks deal they made, I believe, was Bieksa, but maybe Eddie Lack. But I think it was Bieksa was, was after that, which they then proceeded to trade that second-round pick uh, in the Brandon Sutter deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they but, didn't even hold but on Stephen, to it. But Stefan, hang on. Hang on. Oh. It's not okay to say that they threw it away, okay? 
It's not yeah, all right to say that. Pastor over here. Yeah, look, all right? <laughs> I want you to be clear about that. They included it in another trade for a bad player that they should not have. But that does not mean that they threw it away. So just, you know, watch your language when you discuss how they've handled trade and away draft picks, okay? Now, okay, uh, if you could use a couple more $50 words there and extend <laughs> that into like a 50-tweet thread for no reason, <laughs> then maybe I'd be following you. Um, but as of now, that just makes no sense to me. Okay. So I think you need to repeat yourself a few times uh, and use a bunch of words that like don't really need to be used in this situation uh, at all. Uh, and kind of just like circle back on yourselves a few times uh, and like don't don't really like get to a point at all. Uh, and then when someone kind of calls you out on it, say like, hey, I respect your opinion. Uh, you should respect my opinion. Also. I mean, I think the thing is, <laughs> Stefan, I don't really appreciate uh, that you're, you know, you might be thinking that you're making jokes on this show, but uh, I'm here to inform you that actually it's actually ad hominem postering. So if you could just uh, Jesus if you could refrain from doing that uh, in in the show. Uh, that if would be you guys, great. If you guys know who we're referencing, uh, we're very sorry. Because uh, that you had to listen or see any of his tweets. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because um, he had a thing today where well, his whole thing is like, well, yes, it was a second round pick that they gave up, but they got a, a later third round pick back and picked uh, William Lockwood with that. Well, okay, here's the thing: they didn't have to give that second. They could have had. They could have kept the second round pick. They could have had an even pick. better player than they, Will Lockwood. The, the Brandon Sutter trade. Uh, if we can go to this for a second for some fucking god-awful <laughs> unknown reason. What, it was a trade where Jim Rutherford of the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, needed to clear cap space, uh, was basically over a barrel and had to get rid of a player. And along comes Jim Benning and says, hey, do you want my uh, my, my cheaper and, and better forward on, on a great contract uh, for Brandon Sutter? Okay, all right. Uh, I guess Jim Rutherford's like, well, obviously you're going to expect me to throw in a pick. Uh, and Jim Benning's like, well, okay, how about you give us a third and we give you a, uh, a higher pick somehow. <laughs> and then also uh, Adam Clendenning for some reason. Yeah. Okay, so you said, sorry, William Lockwood, what was the, uh, what was the trade? It was nine ahead picks? I think so, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Philip Gustafson. Uh, was chosen with that pick. He was just traded as part of the the Broussard deal. And he's considered the top goalie prospect in Ottawa's system. Uh, Dylan Dubé was picked right after Gustafson. Carl Grundstrom was picked right after Dubé. And Taylor Radish was picked right after Grundstrom. So they could have had Will Lockwood and one of those guys. I mean, we were able to get... And when I say we, I mean the Canucks. Yes. We're we're, we're able to get a forward whose career might already be over because of significant neck injuries before he's even played a single pro game. I don't know if it's a neck, it's shoulder injury. Shoulder, Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. But But still, yes. They're really bad. It's the same shoulder over and over again. Same one twice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was back for like a month and then hurt the same shoulder again. In the outdoor game. Yes. Yeah, but hey, you know what? I mean, that's any time. But you it wasn't a, a throwaway. Not not every team has a has a Will Lockwood in their prospect pool. Okay? <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Not in just fact, not just every team has. In that. fact, New Jersey has a Mackenzie Blackwood. So completely different. I think if I can just say something for a second, the thing that you annoys can. me most about like the the pro betting people is they look at the team in like a complete vacuum, where it's like, well, uh, these guys have. Uh, the Canucks have a lot of these good prospects, and they have some decent prospects. Pedersen's a blue chipper. Ulevi is probably going to be an NHLer. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Gaudet looks good. Uh, Cole Lind looks good, but who knows at the WHL? Gadjevich looks 
decent, but again, it's it's nothing amazing. And the the problem is they look at this and go, okay, we no one else has prospects like these. Like they have no knowledge of other teams' prospect pools and how far ahead other teams are. Uh, or and even, how far behind the Canucks are. Or even just the, the fact that, like, being an elite-level scorer in the WHL does not guarantee that you're going to be a good pro player. Lyndon Vay was an elite scorer. And yeah. what happened with him? Like, you know... Yeah. Uh, well, the Canucks traded a second for him, but, I mean, after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cole Lind it looks like a good player, and I am kind of excited about but him. But that's also, like, just how uh, a high second-rounder should look. Exactly. And- yeah. And the, other th- like, the other thing is, if I can just, like, I cannot hammer this point home enough and people don't seem to get it, it's that, uh, well, we don't want to trade for, for late-round draft picks because you can't get good players in there. And then when Benning listed his, uh, his like, six blue-chip prospects the other week, uh, I believe only two of them were first-rounders and the rest were second-rounders or later. So, I mean, either Jim Benning is the best drafter in the world and you should be wanting him to trade for more picks – uh, or he's not that good of a drafter, and and you'd rather him do his pro scouting, which is horrendous. Like, I don't know. It was an exhausting day arguing with the dumbest people in the world. Yeah, uh, on on Canucks Twitter. I mean, I don't know why I argue with them. Uh, it's, it's well, and I think too, if you if you look at like like look at a team like Tampa Bay, so they're like arguably, I think most people would say they're the best team in the league right now. Oh, they were already the Cup favorite before they got McDonough. Exactly, and they still in their prospect system have Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, Cal Foot, Anthony Sorelli, Mitchell Stevens, Dennis Lipinov, Connor Ingram. Like they still have a but like the thing that people don't seem to realize at least about the Canucks, and I'm saying this as an objective person, is that if your team is as bad as the Canucks have been, you should have an unbelievable locker of prospects. You should have, yeah, a much longer list than the Tampa list you just read off. Yeah, exactly. And they don't. And they don't. That's the thing. Like, they do, like you said, Stefan, they do have some good prospects for sure. They have one blue chip prospect and and a lot of uh, good to very good prospects, but... Uh, that if your team is as bad as the Canucks have been for the last few years, you should have an absolute mitful yeah. of elite it's- prospects, and they don't. And what people don't seem to realize is that they missed on two top six picks, which you can't miss on those picks like they did. You can't miss on two of them. And that like, sets yourself back. Like Vertanen is like a twenty point guy. Everybody says that like fu- you know fucking hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to regret it after the fact. We were there. I remember distinctly the crushing sense of disappointment I felt when they did not draft Matthew Kachuk. You know? Yeah. Like they're looking like a Corey Perry level player. Yeah, they had a draft party at Rogers Arena. The lower bowl was full of fans, and you could hear like the exacerbated sigh when they selected Ollie Levy. Yeah. And that's nothing against Ollie Levy and just like I don't know, you know, like Fuck. It's just exhausting, and you know what I'm terrified of uh, this year is uh, the Canucks get like the second or third overall pick, and don't take Svechnikov or Zadina, and and reach for the first defenseman of their choice. Yeah, like uh, Hughes or yeah. I, I like those defensemen, but I really, really because they're already saying we need a power play defenseman, we we need a defenseman, which means there's a chance if they're picking second or third that they're going to reach for a defense because we've seen them do it. Yeah, they do that. They're well, going to be like, well, we don't need any more forwards. We're set in forwards. I mean, so fucking drafting for positional need 
at your in on your present lineup when your player is not going to be here for like four years. You is- can draft for positional need in like the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh yeah. round. If you have a top five pick, pick the best fucking player. I it is as simple as that. Well, and it's funny because when they drafted Ulevi, that's what they said he was going to be. Ulevi's going to be our no, power play quarterback. He was going to be our number one D power play they quarterback. They literally compared him to yeah, Nick Lidstrom. Lidstrom. And, and then, then they also compared Brandon Sutter to Patrice Bergeron and Erica Branson to Zidane Ochara. So. Yeah, so there you go. It was like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next question so, comes I in. I just wanted to make the one last point about Cole Lind tearing up the WHL. Sure. Your friend, John, Trevor yep. Cox. My former student. Absolutely lit up the dub. Yep. Like a prolific scorer unbelievable pace. He didn't even get drafted. Yeah, exactly. Where is he playing right now? He's playing for the University of Alberta. And so are a lot of guys. Like a lot, the thing with Cole Lind is he at least has some size to him. True, which yeah. Helps, Co- Coxie is small, small, and that was always yeah. the problem for him. He's like 5'7". Um, but yeah, he was second in the WHL scoring to Oliver Bjorkstrand. And that, like, I, I think with a point Justin's trying to make, which I think is valid, and, and I do think that Cole Lind is likely a better player than Coxie, but, but if, it's that the points don't matter. If Vancouver drafted Cole Lind, or, or rather, if Vancouver drafted Trevor Cox, fans on Twitter would be, like, jerking off about it constantly, watching his point totals. Because that's all they're looking at is point totals yeah, on Twitter. Exactly. And ultimately, he plays for the University of Alberta. Well, yeah, you think about it like he came second in the WHL in scoring, and that was in his uh, his draft plus one year. So in his draft year, I think he had around 70 points. He's about mm-hmm. a point per game player in his draft year. And there are guys that if they have size get drafted with like 20 points in their draft year. I mean, he had 70. Then in his D plus, when he went undrafted, then his D plus one year, he's second in the WHL in scoring. And every team in the NHL passed on him for all seven rounds or five rounds or whatever it is now. Seven, I think. So, so yeah. So you look at that and it's like, it really shows you how little the scoring matters. And that's all I was trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Next question comes in. No offense to Trevor, who I'm sure is a lovely person. He's a great, and he's a great hockey player and a great guy. And he's, he's leading the uh, university of Alberta in scoring right now. And, you know, I think he'll definitely have a career in Europe. And some, some guys do come out of Canadian university sports and make the NHL. Joel Ward is probably the best player that did that. He played for PEI. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, He's a, but yeah, great kid. I think Corey um, Crawford played uh, for like Moncton. Yeah, he might have. Yeah, there's a few guys. There's a there's a good there's a decent list of guys that have made the NHL out of there, but it's unlikely for sure. Uh, then this next question comes in, uh, and it says, uh, "Will Stefan's dad live long enough to see the Canucks win a Stanley Cup?" I feel like we've and, gotten uh, this question and the, before. And the question no. asker is Stefan's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I, I love you. You know that, uh, but. Uh, Let's let's be realistic here. The question should be: Will I live long enough to see it? And I don't think <laughs> chances are too high for that either. Uh, I mean, you never know. Um, stranger things have happened. Uh, you know, the rest of the league uh, could all die in some sort of freak, uh, like one of those like monkey diseases that get released. You know, yeah, Everything, like movies and stuff. Uh, but the like, Canucks are somehow okay, and then they just kind of win the cup by by default. But uh, it's not looking good. Okay. Uh, next question. Sorry, so we've got a couple questions left here. Uh, they're kind of a bunch of them cover a bunch of different things. Uh, this one is kind of uh, a bit of a, uh, a funnier one from uh, Herf McDurf. And uh, they ask, uh, how much more incompetence and buffoonery will it take for Stefan and Justin to become fans of a real hockey team? 
Um, Legitimately, like if if so, Seattle's going to be around in what, like three years, probably. Probably two, three. Yep. So if Benning gets extended again, and it's it's kind of the same old shit, I am seriously going to consider becoming a Seattle fan because it's just I, the thing with Benning's contract is he has it's apparently it's two years with a one year option, um, and he's got to be on thin ice, and they have to be looking at the reaction to this deadline, being like, oh, we 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 fucked up, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't. Uh, uh, extended banning. Uh, but again, it's, it's just this whole thing where it's, uh, Oh, we'll wait and see. We're going to wait and see. Let's, let's wait and see. Um, but this is, the, this is the Oilers. This is the Oilers of, of, you know, 2010, 2011 minus any of the luck at the lottery. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I think realistically I'm always gonna be a Canucks fan because I put so much time and effort and money into it. Yeah. That, like, why would I give up? Like what would be, it would just be for nothing when, there's the off chance that maybe it will pay off one day. So it's, yeah. it's, ah, I don't know. That's kind of how I felt about the Leafs. Like I, that, you know, we definitely had some awful, awful years. Didn't make the playoffs I mean, for you, a decade. You talked last week about how you went an entire season without yeah. watching a single game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I haven't hit that point with the Canucks yet. And I think like professionally, I will be unable to ever hit that point. Right. Uh, well, I... maybe you'll get uh, maybe you'll get high enough up on the totem pole that you won't cheer for anyone. Uh, quote yes. unquote. Ah, there you go. See, I've come <laughs> close this year. I've watched like four games all the way through, maybe, and I've watched kind of just bits and pieces here or there. And I always make sure to read the provies, but that's kind of it. And like, I'll follow along on Twitter, and but it's like, what what is the point? It's an unlikable team with like you know four players worth watching. Uh, run by a team of incompetent buffoons who are probably, uh, you know, I I could see them lucking into, I mean, I I don't think they will, but if they, they could luck into Deline and be like, well, we did it, guys. We, uh, we our, our rebuild is over. Well, that's um, the thing that might happen is that, the, and I've said this before, that I think might be the worst possible thing for you guys, at least when it comes to the idiot fans, is that the Canucks win the lottery, draft Deline, and become like, a bubble playoff team, and then people are like, "Ah, see, Benning. It's that was all Benning. Yeah, he is, his we, draft document yeah. is like hailed for winning the lottery and yeah. picking the consensus first overall <laughs> yeah. player. Yeah, well, that's Peter Chiarelli, yeah. basically, totally. And and we're seeing what's happening there. So if you can't win with fucking Connor McDavid, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you can't make the playoffs on on a on a year of an entry level contract of the best player in the world. Honestly, Lambert said this on my Sportsnet show like a month ago that Shirelli literally walked into the most enviable position that any general manager has ever inherited in history. Yeah, and still fucked yeah. it up. Totally. Is the Griffin Reinhardt trade like that's one of the wor- that's a top. 10 worst trade of all time, right? Totally. It's up there. Well, and it's the same thing that like uh, that people do defending Benning is that people go like, oh, he traded Griffin Reinhardt for the pick that was Matthew Barzal. And so people are like, they gave up Reinhardt for Barzal. And then people are like, well, like if Edmonton kept that pick, they weren't going to take Barzal. So like, it's not, you can't say that like that. Okay, so, like, so they would have fucked up the pick. As well, they, apparently <laughs> they were going to take Joel Erickson Eck. Who is still? Who is good? But he's definitely yeah. not. He's not Barzal. Yeah. But yeah. But that's their whole justification. It's like, well, he traded an asset. It wasn't like you can't say it was Reinhardt for Barzal just because the Islanders took Barzal with that pick. It's like, well, what, what you kind of can. What I'll give Benning is he hasn't made a trade that bad. That's but true. There's the whole. It's really the whole death by a thousand cuts thing. And I was saying this today um, on Twitter. 
do you, like I wonder if the reason the Canucks don't seem to get offered draft picks is because Benning has shown a proclivity for acquiring shitty middling tweener AHLers. Like he loves doing that. So play, teams know they can just be like, "Hey, take uh, take this dude," and Benning will be like, "Well, uh, I don't know," and 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 then they'll eventually like he's he's traded himself into just like this horrible position where, and I laugh so fucking hard at the people who in, uh, you know, last year's trade deadline, which was like a good deadline, but it's also kind of like, that's what's, that's just the bare minimum expected mm-hmm. of, a, of a GM on a selling team. Right. Um, it was that, Oh, the ham Hughes and Verbata debacle. Uh, that was actually good because it showed that Benning wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't going to back down. He, he, he would wait until he got a good deal. Well, what is, what happened this year? I guess that that theory, uh, there's a few holes in that theory, huh? <laughs> well, do you, okay, here's a question for you, uh, for you guys then. Like, do you think that part of that is, like, Benning's, um, like, thought in his mind that, like, I'm a great scout. Like, I'm going to find these even, uh, like, AHL guys that I think are being undervalued and I'm going to bring though. them up. Here's like, the thing, though. But- like, I'm saying he's wrong, Like, because what's the point? What What's the best that Tyler Mott is going to be? Is like a third liner? Okay. The, the entire like- tenure of this regime, their draft record has been good. You know, Not great, but good. And certainly people look at this past draft as their best ever. The further away we get from that draft, the more it turns out that he basically surrendered full control to Judd Brackett and had nothing to do with most of the picks outside of the first round. Well, that's what most people say. Like if you listen to any podcast where they talk about the drafting process, the general manager usually makes your first round pick or picks. Yeah. And then your scouting staff makes all the other picks. Exactly. And that's, that's very what it's normal. supposed to be like, yeah. yes. Uh, so like all of the people pointing at Benning as being a draft genius for this most recent draft, it's like, I guess he's a genius for, promoting Judd Brackett and letting yeah, him do his job. Might be, that might be Benning's best move when we look back at, at his time here, which I hope to God we're able to look back at it at some point. <laughs> um, I think promoting Judd Brackett was, that was a great move. Uh, hey, do you know who hired Judd Brackett in the first place? Mike uh, Gillis. Mike Gillis. Oh, the guy who was like trying to revamp the drafting staff. Like, yeah. can you can people legitimately like look me in the face and say that if Mike Gillis was given the exact same draft picks as Jim Benning, first of all, he probably would have gotten more draft picks because because Mike Gillis once traded for the ninth overall pick. Yes, uh, and, and traded our, our, his best asset. In fact, yeah, our friend Jackson uh, Jackson McDonald tweeted the other day that that's that's a, a bigger rebuilding move than Jim Benning has ever made, and that's and very I accurate. Agree with that? Yeah. It absolutely is. But, I, Mike Gillis, if given the chance to rebuild, uh, we're looking at, you know, William Nylander on the Canucks, Nikolai Ehlers on the Canucks, uh, Dylan Larkin on the Canucks. They wanted Dylan Larkin. They really like Dylan Larkin. Um, so they're not making the good Branson trade. So they are probably no. drafting Debrincat with that second round pick. Yeah, and in fairness, apparently Jim Benning wanted Debrincat too, but. What 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 ended up happening there? They, they threw away the pick for nothing. <laughs> oh no, Stefan threw away is not correct. Don't say that. Um, but what I was going to say is that while their their amateur drafting and scouting, rather amateur scouting, has been good over the course of this regime, consistently again and again and again, the pro scouting has been fucking terrible. 
not yeah. just in terms of their signings and who they bring in through free agency, because obviously that is like you need to find a match, right? You need to find someone who wants to come to you in addition to who you want to sign. And sometimes that can be difficult. I understand that when you are targeting players in trades, they don't need to consent to be sent to you. And the players that they target are time and time again. So bad, man, just so bad. Like they're, let me just give you, let me give you like just a quick incomplete list. This is like, uh, this is like seven or eight players. Um, that that Benning has has brought in, and people people add like, oh, what about Troy Stetcher? Well, that was an amateur uh, scouting pick, by the way, and, it was and a also great, great pickup. He's also a hometown boy, so of course he wanted to come here. Well, there's that too. It's the same thing with like the Thatcher Demko pick, which is great, but it's also like, congratulations, you picked the top rated goalie in the draft where he was rated to go. Well, and also we- just just before you get into that, just to quickly further your other point, they nailed the Bo Horvat pick. Like if you look at the other people taken yeah. around him, so Nakushkin was taken after him. He's in the KHL. Sam Morin was taken 11th. He's has not cracked the NHL lineup for the Flyers yet. Max Domi was 12th, who's falling apart, and Arizona's trying to trade him. Josh Morrissey was 13th, so he's good. Alexander Wenberg was 14th. He's like a middling player. He's pretty good. Yeah, Ryan Pollock was 15th. Nikita Zadorov, 16th. Curtis Lazar, 17th. Mirko Mueller, 18th. Kirby Reichel, 19th. So, like, those were the guys that they would look at at ninth, and you pretty much, it's inarguable that Horvat's the best of those players. Absolutely. So they nailed that pick, too, for people who say, like, oh, Gillis uh, didn't understand that you have to build the team through the draft. Yeah. His last ever pick, like his last ever first round pick, was Bo Horvat. Mm hmm. And, and like, he well, had, a, com- Carrick, I guess, he had a completely different goal throughout his entire tenure, which was to augment a winning team to be a cup winner. So, of course, which he's going to he trade away picks. Did. Exactly. It's fucking infuriating when people... So, here's... I'm gonna, uh, here's uh, this is uh, Murderer's Row. Lyndon Vay, Emerson Edom, uh, Adam Clendenning, uh, Marcus Granlund, Philip Larson, Derek Pouliot, uh, Padan, uh, uh, Nick Dowd, uh, Barkowski. I mean... Sven Berchi. And Sven, Ber- Sven, Sven Berchi... Sven Berchi is their biggest success, which I love Sven Berchi, but think about that, you know? And also, it's 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 a matter of like timing, you know. Like, you don't need a pl- you don't need like a, a you know a tweener player like like Berch and like even the Granlin trade too. You're like, yes, they won that trade. I've admitted it before, and 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 uh, if, if that makes you happy, they won that trade. Marcus Granlin fucking sucks. Like, you could wave him. I don't know if like he's not very good. You know, like what would we be losing if we lost Marcus Granlin? And that's one of Benning's like top five trades ever. A fourth line winger right now, really. Oh my god. Anyway, it's uh, they just they don't know their pro scouting is a tro- it's the worst in the NHL. Before without a doubt. before we move on to our next question, though, I just wanted to say I believe it was during the live stream during the draft lottery last year where I said and I was joking at the time that I was going to become a Vegas Golden Knights fan. Until Benning is fired, basically. And, like, how much better would my life be right now if I <laughs> actually know, so followed happy. through on that? You'd be so thrilled because they, they're not only are they good, they play a super exciting brand of hockey. Like, be, they're great to watch. I'd be probably a little sad today that they traded Brandon Leipzig away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas um, that's like my big win of the season as a fucking Canucks fan. It's okay. Terrible. And I will say, I, will say I, I like that trade. Yeah, me too. Um, 
because, uh, you know, the right people like Brennan Leipzig and he's, he's a fun little shithead on the ice. It sounds like, yeah. and I just want something entertaining to happen because Brock Besser is broken at this point in the season. And the rest of the team fucking sucks ass. I saw so just get a guy who is a shithead on the ice. I saw a clip of Leipzig as a junior player. He got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for drinking the goalie's water bottle. Yeah, yeah he's that's a good, fantastic. He's a good dude. <laughs> um, okay, last question uh, before we move on to our other questions. And uh, I want you guys to answer this in one minute. We're running late. And uh, this is from longtime listener Karen DeGroff. And I think this is a good question. If you had Benning's role for the last month, what moves would you have made leading up to the trade deadline? And she says, let's assume you have the support of your ownership and you are restricted to the known cap space, etc. Um, okay. Justin. Okay. Uh, I tweeted earlier this exact sort of answer, but basically right. you got one if, minute. You're if on you the look clock. at the Canucks entire roster and scratch out the names, Besser, Sedin, Horvat, Stetcher, possibly Berchi, maybe Vertanen, like that should have been your entire shopping list for the entire league. You know, if, if there's this weird message board that general managers post on, you post your entire fucking roster and say every single one of these guys is up for grabs and you can have any one of them for a pick. And when you look at the guys who are actually traded for draft picks today, it's impossible to believe that there is no one in the entire Vancouver system who couldn't have fetched an extra draft pick. It is impossible to believe that. Like, it is infuriating to look at the New York Rangers, who right now are already better than Vancouver, with the moves that they made today, are going to be better again in their next cycle, faster than the Canucks, because of the moves that they made today. It is, like, completely ridiculous that they couldn't find a taker for a, a depth defenseman. Literally anyone. You could have traded anyone for a draft pick. Anyone. All right. Well, I was right on one minute. Perfect. So you would have traded for draft picks. I mean, I do agree. I think that when Brandon Bolig is fetching a draft pick, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Vanek should probably get you a draft pick. Kevin yeah. Tarr in the Real Good Group posted this list. Nikita Soshnikov, Eric Fair, Jacob Jerebek. J- Jacob Jerebek. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Frank Vetrano, Brandon Davidson, who was on waivers like a month ago, Mark Letestu, Troy Grosnick and Brandon Bolig, Ian Cole, Joe Morrow, Nick Shore, Mike Riley, Tommy Wingles. Every single one of those players was traded for a pick today. They couldn't even get a seventh for Thomas Vanek. So crazy. Okay, Stefan, go. All right. Brandon Bolig hasn't been in the NHL since 2016. And <laughs> along with like a minor league goalie, he went for a sixth round pick. You're telling me Alex Biega, Nick Dowd? Uh, Reed Boucher couldn't fetch like a late round pick. Like who fucking cares at this point what you have in Nick Dowd? And I love Alex Biega, but get rid of him for something. The idea that Thomas Vanek, because he had a bad uh, show with Florida last year, has zero value is insane. And I think what I would... So first of all, I trade Good Branson for the rumored second rounder and fourth rounder. Just get whatever the fuck you can get for him. Get him off the team. Uh, And then pump up the value of your players around the league. Ian McIntyre is your mouthpiece. And here he is two weeks before the deadline writing articles saying like, well, they're going to have trouble getting anything for Vanek because no one wants him. Like it just seemed like they had given up already. And I think a big part of it was, was the uncertainty of was, was Benning going to get extended or not? So um, I don't know. It's just plan ahead maybe because it seems like year after year, they don't have it. it, it they're sitting on their hands until the last minute. And it's like, oh, fuck, we should have done something. So I would have planned ahead. I would have traded good Branson. And I would have thrown all of your depth away for picks. Because why the hell not? It's not working now. Right. 
Okay, so you yeah. guys are kind of on the same page with yeah. that. Yeah, oh, like, just, just work the phones. Yeah. Like, so many of the people that tweeted at me today were like, well, you can't get rid of stuff that people don't want. And it's like, well, every other team seemed to have no problem getting rid of players that totally. I would never want on my team. Yep. Work the phones. Be proactive. Yeah. Like, oh, the nobody idea, called yeah. on Biega. No, they shouldn't. You should call them and be like, yeah. you need a defenseman? I got Biega. Yeah. Fuck. The idea that, yeah, the idea <laughs> Here we that, go. like... It's people, getting tilty in here. That people think, oh, well, he did his best. Like, if no one wanted to give picks for Vanek, then, like, Ian McIntyre saying no one offered a seventh rounder for Thomas Vanek. Are you fucking kidding me? Someone traded a sixth round pick for Brandon Bowling. <laughs> Brandon Bowling in his prime wasn't worth a sixth round pick. He hasn't been in the league for two fucking years. And you, and you, he gets a sixth round pick. Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> All right, well, let's lighten the mood in here because you guys are obviously purely <laughs> devastated. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm like, it's just funny. Like, honestly, yeah. when the tra- when the trade happened, you can see two of my tweets in a row. The first one being like, you know what? Like, it's the bare minimum, but good job to Benning for getting rid of Vanek before we saw what the call was, and then uh, immediately after, it's like, oh yeah, they got t- traded for uh, Mott and UC Jokinen for a salary dump. They took on a salary dump oh, in the trade and still didn't get a pick. How, How is that they, even possible? You know, it's gonna be fi- one last thing. It's going to be really funny when uh, UC Okanen wins us a couple games in the shootout and we uh, we drop a couple spots in the lottery. Anyway, on to things that uh, matter. All right. Well, this is a uh, – I think you guys will love this one. This is a great uh, – this is a great clip of the week. This comes in uh, from our old friend we haven't heard from in a while, Stephen Adams from oh. the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, there is being an autobiography written about Stephen Adams. And, there is uh, being an autobiography written. Yes, an autobiography okay. is being written. Uh, it's late. Uh, to uh, Yeah, they're writing an autobiography about Stephen Adams, and they're asking him about it, and he's not writing it, a ghost, a ghost writer. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, that... Yeah, it's supposedly an autobiography, but it's being ghostwritten. Right. And so they're asking him about who's writing it. Is okay. that what you were correcting no, me on? No, he was making fun of your syntax. Okay, that's what I in thought. General. And then I did correct And I just it. want you to know that if I had said that sentence, you would have made fun of me. Oh, that, that's fine. Yeah, totally. Uh, I haven't even watched the clip yet. No, None of us have, but I'm assuming it's great. I saw some quotes and it sounded really funny. This is Steven Adams, of course. Uh, I think he's one of the official basketball players of the oh, show. Oh, definitely. If not the yeah. official NBA player yeah. of Real Good Show. Exactly. Steven, do you have an autobiography coming out? I don't know. So were you it? There's a there's a thing going around Twitter, and then I was told that you had one coming. Out. Yes, there's I a did. book coming out about you. Yeah, I know. I've been working Ma- on Ma- the book. Madeline Chapman. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you tell I us did. a little bit about it? Se- yeah. Seems like you've forgotten about the process. But... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about myself. So. <laughs> Pretty much it, man. <laughs> book about myself. What what in, what inspired you to put together a book? I don't know. And I just wanted to do one on myself. So. I didn't actually want, but someone told me it should be a good idea, and they'll be interested. So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> have you have you written before? No, no, I don't write. I go ghostwriting in mental chat. So. Yeah. Barely read, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't write a book. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's great. That is stuff so right good. There. Well, I didn't want to write it, but they told me people would want to read it. So <laughs> I guess. And then I love that. Like, did you. So I didn't know. Are you a writer? Did you write it? I uh, didn't write it at all. 
can barely read, mate. Well, I I gotta say, he probably can read because, as we all know, subs over dubs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He loves his Japanese anime. <laughs> Japanese anime, <laughs> One Punch Man. Uh, I want like I wonder if that's like an actual book or if it's like one of those kids books at the library you uh, know? let me see steven adams book uh i'm not sure steven adams yeah i just seem to forget the autobiography he has coming out <laughs> uh yeah this is from slam it's entitled steven adams my life my fight okay adam's book will reveal untold stories of adam's life and basketball career that sounds like a full book then yeah, it says the autobiography is scheduled for release in early July. It's like the basketball version of like when a wrestler puts a book out, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah, Mad Chapman, Madeline Chapman wrote it. As opposed to, I was picturing like a book that you would check out from the library in like fourth grade. That's yeah. like mostly oh, yeah, pictures. Yeah. Of course. But then there's like maybe one paragraph right. on every page. About the like- unauthorized biography <laughs> exactly. of Sidney Crosby. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. This one, it's really funny seeing Stephen Adams' response to looking at the tweet from Madeline Chapman. Because uh, it says, worked on this for the past year and can finally let my real friends know. Stephen Adams' autobiography out July 2018. <laughs> and he's obviously just like, I don't know. I don't care. It's not really an autobiography. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's coming out uh, in July in uh, in New Zealand. It's the uh, previously untold story. It says, for the first time, Stephen Adams shares the story behind his meteoric rise from the streets of Rotorua to his emerging stardom in the NBA. Adams overcame the odds to become a top prospect in the 2013 NBA draft. From there, he's gone to secure a four-year, $100 million contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder, making him New Zealand's highest-paid sports person and forge a reputation for his intense physical style of basketball. Yeah, kicked a guy in the dick a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. He doesn't give a shit about anything. I think it was Brad Beal. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get to um, our top three. Questions of the week. Hey, yo, it's the top three questions of the week on Real Good Show. You know what the fuck it is, bitch? We murdering CFL podcasts up in this motherfucker. Russell, look out. Anything good in the mailbag this week, John? There was a lot of Canuck stuff, as you guys heard, uh, but we do have three great questions, actually, this week. The first one, and these are all from longtime listeners. I think these are all day one listeners that submitted some great questions this week. So the first one, this is kind of a continuation of the uh, of the Jim Benning uh, train we are on from Fake Steinberg, uh, and he asks, which real musical group should take on Jim Benning as their lead singer, and what would be his hit single? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the Blue Man Group, and you call it the Blue Chip Group. A bunch of middling, not great prospects. Uh, and his hit single would be uh, "You Can Trade for Draft Picks." Kind of, not, I don't know if that's a song name, but uh, it's not yeah, super catchy. But uh... no, no. Um, no, I'm just going <sighs> to assume uh, that uh, In Excess, right? That was the band that was on yep. Rockstar. Yes, Rockstar In Excess. Yeah, and it's isn't it like who's their singer now? Um, well, it was Adam Lambert won that. Yeah, and then he moved on. Uh, so I don't even know who's their singer okay, now. Okay, well, if, I'm just going to say that it's still Adam Lambert. 
I'm pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure that's who it was, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that he is also going to die from autoerotic asphyxiation because <laughs> it seems like that's what oh, the no, lead maybe, of no, Adam does. Lambert wasn't. Was uh, it different in excess or a different rock no, star? It, no. Well, Adam Lambert was on American Idol, but then ah. I thought that he also was in that in excess thing. But no, it was uh, J.D. Fortune. Yeah, J.D. Fortune. Yeah. Okay, so J.D. Fortune is also going to die from autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Except he's not going to be... It's like Stephen Adams. He's not actually choking it himself, so it's just erotic asphyxiation. Uh, and when he's out of the picture, they're going to do another competition like that, and Benning is going to win, uh, and they're going to change their style up a little bit because his hit song is uh, going to be called Take a Pick My Ass. I won't <laughs> take a pick. <laughs> I mean, pretty, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I see, like, I was thinking more of like, I just feel like what he would actually be in charge of would be like, um, like kind of some sort of like blues or like jazz, like just piece of shit group. Uh, oh, like, like a the, dad rock band. Yeah. Like a dad rock band. And like, when I like, say dad uh, rock, I don't mean like Wilco. I mean no, like no. literally a band full of dads who just get together at a jam space. Yeah. Every week. I'm thinking like, like pink martini or like something <laughs> like that. Just like one of those. Jim Benning and the Pink Martini Experience, <laughs> and uh, their uh, their hit song is called "The Greens and Blues," and uh, it's just about ah. how how bad the Canucks suck. Um, okay, next question comes in from since the Sedin twins left me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, got two roster spots to sell. Um, Aaron Mackay uh, oh. makes the cut this week for two hundred points. And he asks, if someone were to start up an XFL, but for the NHL, who would be the owner? What would some of the crazy slapstick rules be? And what would it be called? Okay, well, I feel like we can do this communally. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Mike Keenan would be involved. Oh, that's a good plan. That's a good pick. Yeah. I was thinking that like the Vince McMahon figure would be Don Cherry. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. What? I think Jim Playfair needs to be in there. Oh, yeah, Jackson's. I think he's out of work right now. I don't think he got a, an assistant coach job. Uh, at least I don't think so. I should look that up before I uh, before I say that. Well, that's a damn. For, shame. If we're going with NHL hits rules, they need to be playing on big head mode. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone has to play on big head mode. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah. No, his Wikipedia says he's still with the Coyotes, but he's not. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah, obviously visors are banned. Yeah, so well, are French so, players. Yeah, too. if Cherry, yeah, if Cherry's taken over the league, I think he calls it the uh, the North American Hockey League, and he bans European players and French players and visors. I think also if, if we're going the the Don Cherry route, like it's not going to have the XFL thing of having like a funny name on the back because that's like too. That's that's too much Disres- attention. That's too disrespectful. Hot, hot dogging. So the back of their jersey would also have the name of the team on the back too. <laughs> yes. yes. Instead of the name above the number, it's just the team yeah. name. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hey, you know, people say like it's not about the name on the back; it's about the crest on the front. Like right. it's about the name on the back because the name on the back is the team. Yeah, I like that. I, I also, also think that uh, uh, the puck is not round; it is an X shape puck. Okay. Because right. uh, and they'll say that it creates like interesting deflections, like off the glass, and like it's okay. harder for the goalies to catch. That's the reason why the puck is an X, even though I don't think 
having the puck in the shape of an X would really make that much of a difference. I do okay. like your idea of putting the team name on the back, but I'm also thinking that maybe the name on the back of the jersey is just however Don would struggle to say their name. <laughs> so it'd be like Lalongo and Bieksa or Bieska. Yeah. Like all of the wrong. <laughs> like that. I think um, the equivalent of um, the like because they have like the coin toss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the games will start with a fight, and okay. uh, whoever wins the fight, they get a goal. So it's just yeah. uh, so that's uh, the opening. The before the game even starts, a team is up one nothing, and it's based on the ceremonial fight at the start of the game. Also, uh, you know how like once a year teams will have like a salute to the troops night where they take warm up in like a right. Uh, camouflage jersey yeah. or whatever. Uh, in this league, every night is salute to the troops night. So there, it's not a special jersey. Every team in the league has just picked a different shade of camouflage. Oh. See, I was going to say that uh, where, where, where I thought you were going with this and what I think you might think is a better idea is instead of having salute the troops night be every night, the troops have a team. Oh, yeah. Because I, oh, I don't know what you've been thinking, but I, I just can't help but think that if the troops got a t- team together, they could beat any team in the NHL. <laughs> Uh, I think right. also before every game they should bring out that condor from the Bakersfield condor <laughs> introduction and every team in the league has to have their own condor. Every and team they- is named after a potentially life-threatening bird. Yeah, yeah, and they also have to do the Anaheim Ducks mascot thing where he jumps through a hoop on fire and catches on fire. <laughs> And this is the NBA, but they also have to do the thing where the Denver Nuggets mascot gets lowered down and like asphyxiates. Yeah, yeah. And is like unconscious as he's lowered to the ice. Like Kevin um, Hart, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, okay, come on. Well, that's a reference to something we're going to hear later. Yeah, that's, that's something that will make sense in the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how all my jokes are. When I, when I tell a joke on stage that doesn't go well, I'm like, ah, oh, you'll like it in the future. No, that, you know what that joke was? That was like season four of Arrested Development. Right. I just gave you the punchline for something where the setup is coming later. Nice. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's fair. You do, there is some precedent for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously the puck will glow. Of like, course. Of but course. the puck will glow without TV. The puck will glow in person. <laughs> well, it'll, just be, it'll just be on fire. <laughs> the puck is irradiated. Yeah. The puck is made of uranium, and it's also in the shape of an X. <laughs> well, this sounds like a great league. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. I would definitely watch one game. Absolutely. Um, um, I'll watch anything instead of what I have to watch right now. That's fair. Oh, and I think also we definitely have to have uh, Norm McDonald is the owner of one of the teams and gets drunk and does commentary. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, okay, uh, the 300-point question this week, and, and I believe he actually he got very close to winning a question round uh, a few question rounds ago. and we I, haven't... I have one more addendum to make here. Okay. There's no Stanley Cup final. Uh, there's only it's not a seven game series. It's only one game at the end of the year, and it is the one million two hundred and sixty eight thousand five hundred and fifty two dollar and fifty eight cent game. <laughs> is that the U.S. dollar to Canadian exchange? It sure is. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. Especially like that would look even more Mickey Mouse, considering that now the NHL All Star Game is the million dollar game. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, it's just all the players that make the most money in the league. We just give them more money. <laughs> And they're like, where it's the, it's like it would be like an Austin Powers, like a one million dollar game. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, this question, the top question of the week, like I said, comes in from a longtime listener, great question asker, Camber, uh, Camber Weiss, and he's at Camber on Twitter. 
Uh, it's clear that this podcast's roster needs a rebuild. What kind of return are you looking for in a deadline deal for your co-hosts? Each one or package deal? Also, what do you think Jim Benning would trade each of you for? So we'll start with the first question. I, so I guess each one of us decides wh- how we would deal our co-hosts. Okay. Um, and so uh, I just think, uh, for me personally, I think that I would have uh, I'd have a lot of chemistry with uh, Michael Hale. Okay. I, I feel like him and I, because I talk a lot, and he would bounce off me really well. And he's probably sick of working with that idiot Jesse Farrar. Yeah, and he, uh, you would always have an answer ready for. What's crappening? Yeah, exactly. I love to crappen in. And uh yeah, so I would uh I would do a uh, a two for one a two for one swap. I would trade both you and Stefan to your Kickstarter sucks in exchange for Michael Hale and future considerations. All right. And All right. and uh the future considerations uh is a it's a draft pick. So basically we get to choose uh a comedian uh, of our choice to join our podcast at a later date. And if you guys, uh, make over $10,000 on Patreon, it becomes a better comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. If we're looking to rebuild here, I'm going in full tear down tank mode. I'm looking to tank. Okay. I'm trading, I'm trading both you motherfuckers for, uh, West coast geeks versus nerds. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to lose all the money possible. I want that first overall pick. So. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, I've got, uh, you know, obviously both of you have uh, no trade clauses in your contract. <laughs> when we met three years ago at Cedar College to iron things out, it was College? mostly... Yeah, that was the you Cedar College. Cedar College. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We all met in university. Yeah. That's, our, in, that's we went our to Cedar College yeah. together. <laughs> you guys have heard of Cedar College. <laughs> we, the, most of the meeting was about ironing yeah. out your no trade clauses. It's a, it's a subdivision of the University of Phoenix. <laughs> exactly. Cedar College. <laughs> you guys have heard of the University of Phoenix? Yeah, it's like one below that. <laughs> I got your list back here yeah. in terms of who you're willing to go to, and John, I know that uh, you're looking to go to a contender. Always, yeah. And I, I'm again, I'm in full rebuild mode, also. Uh, so I'm going to trade you to Thirty One Thoughts, the podcast. Wow, that is a uh, yes. huge upgrade. And I know that they won't be willing to, <laughs> yeah, they to, don't tra- want to trade back either of their hosts. Uh, so I'll take like even a producer or an engineer. Yeah, you, like, should, tra- you should trade for one of the, the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the, thirty thoughts now. Yeah, yeah. it's thirty yeah. thoughts. The podcast. Thought. Yeah, we're uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they were... Friedman owes me one thought yeah. per week. Yeah, you yeah. guys. We, we, get, yeah. we get a third round thought. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you guys really haggled because yeah. uh, you wanted a, you wanted the fourth thought, and he was mm. only willing to give up the eighth. Yeah, I really wanted the <laughs> essay that opens every article. <laughs> yeah. But he was, that's a non-starter. That, yeah, that's obviously. A non- I yeah. want uh, the auto-playing video that's not related to. <laughs> 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 oh fuck! And uh, Stefan, the second part of the question, by the way, it was what Jim oh, sorry, would trade for you. And Stefan, I know, um, right. you know that you are looking to to uh, you know you're in the states down there, and so you've got more mobility. Like I couldn't trade John south of the border because it would just radically alter too much. Like he'd have to get a visa and everything. So you had wider options here, and I can see that in the list that you have given me as well. And I appreciate. You giving me as many options as you did. Uh, I'm going to trade you to cereal, 
the podcast. Okay. Uh, right. as, as the star of season three. Uh, and it will be after, you know, I feel like the people really loved hearing about the consistency of Bo Bergdahl's shits in season two. Like, whether he was having a messy shit or not, I feel like that was everybody's favorite part of Serial Season 2. Uh, Interesting. And, yeah, and in keeping with that, they're going to rebrand themselves as more of a toilet-focused uh, podcast going oh, forward. Yeah. So the, the big mystery of Season 3 will be uh, how to get the We Stay Sippin' action figure out of your ass. <laughs> um, I was going to say the accurate pooper. Oh, yeah, we could do that, too. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you can pitch that to them once you're on their team. You you feel free to take whatever creative direction you like. But I am sending you to uh, Serial in exchange for the person who says Mail Kimp at the beginning during the MailChimp ad copy. So I feel like, uh, you know, I've it's not great, but I'm really, I'm tearing it down and I got some pieces to build with moving forward. So I feel happy with, with what I've done here. Excellent. Great job. And so, yeah, and then the second part of the question was, if uh, Benning was in charge, uh, what would he trade us for? And uh, we've had Ryan Williams on the show before, and uh, he used to have a podcast called Steel Toes Required, uh, which I think we've talked about on the show before. is a great podcast where they would have local comedians on to talk about their physical labor jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, that show essentially ended because one of the hosts... Uh, had a personal crisis and uh, moved back home to the east coast of Canada. And uh, so I think Benning would trade me for him. Because he'd be like, oh, no, he's going to be like, once he settles everything back home, he's going to come back well, to Vancouver. John Weisbrot is telling gonna, him, yeah. Jim, this guy's gone through some adversity. He's gone, like, exactly. It's really made him a better podcaster. He's got some talent. He's, you know, he's looking to come back to Vancouver. I know he's been in the minors out <laughs> on the east coast for a while, but... We really feel like he's a solid reclamation project that we can take a uh, take a flyer on. So that's who I think Benning would trade me for. Okay. In a similar vein uh, of, of, of the reclamation project, I think I would get traded for YKS's Gary Anderson, uh, who who's you know a few years ago was kind of like a hot up and comer in the, uh, in the comedy scene. Yeah, and sort of uh, kind of the the shine has has, has worn off. Uh, but, but he was still, he was picked high. Um, you know, he had some potential back then. They're going to try and try and get about it. It's a, it's a reclamation project basically. So me for Gary Anderson. All right. Uh, Hmm. Uh, who, who's betting trading me for, uh, you know what? He's going to, he's going to, he's going to trade me for a real meat and potatoes broadcaster out there. Good prairie boy out in the heartland of Canada, uh, from, <laughs> from the two and out CFL podcast, <laughs> I have been dealt for John Fraser. Nice, yeah. John's out of the radio game. I know, now, I know so that. So yeah. that'll be good. Yeah, you can so come he, back in. And... Exactly. It's like Brandon Bullock, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Just get him John Fraser hasn't even had a podcast <laughs> since twenty sixteen. <two> <laughs> Still managed to get a draft pick for him. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a esteemed uh, graduate of uh, Cedar College as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, my other answer would be uh, my answer would be I would get traded for uh, John Cullen on podcaps. <laughs> yeah, the podcaps version of John Cullen, where I'm yeah. the straight man. Yeah, uh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I, I accept. All right.
Uh, and with that, we will go from there into everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch. The cherry on top of our cynical Sunday where we pick the things we like from the world at large. One good thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Gentlemen, what do you like this week? Uh, I went to a Lakers game with a, with a friend of the show, Doug Exeter. Oh, yeah. Great, great guy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, good game, too. So thank you, Doug, for the tickets. Uh, but my one good thing this week is the movie Game Night. Yeah, um, I've heard it's Jason really Bateman good. Rachel McAdams. It's really, really, really funny. It's the funniest mainstream comedy in the past, like, five years or so. And it's, I've heard, like, it's hilarious. In, in terms of, like, you know, the craft of making it, that it's an extremely stylish well-made it is it is well. like the action is good too uh easily the funniest part of it go see it just for jesse plemons jesse plemons is so fucking funny yeah i saw like rob he, uh, rob's tweets about that today yeah he plays a character that i think is going to be one of those like it, it it feels like uh he'll be he'll be like bill murray's character from caddyshack where he, he's like kind of this weird sociopathic loner but it's going to stand the test of time like it's he's so fucking funny yeah, so, I, I didn't. I hadn't night. even heard of it, but I, the premise of it sounds excellent. Although it's it says it's, it says it's a little bit gory, so I don't know if it's like John watches a thing for me. No, it's not. Yeah, there's nothing too crazy, John. If, if you're gonna go see your one movie this year, uh, make it this one. All right. Well, I'll, I may just consider that. Well, I'm gonna. Very funny. I'm gonna make a pitch now that John sees a different movie instead. Oh okay. God! Because I talked about how I couldn't recommend it last week. Well, guess what? <laughs> That all changed because I went and saw it the very next day after Here it we comes. recorded. And I look, anyone who is going to see this movie, probably seen it already. But if you haven't seen it yet, or if you're just like, fucking superhero movies, I'm done with them, go see Black Panther. It is so good. It is just an excellent movie. Michael B. Jordan gives an incredible performance as the villain who, if anything, is not in the movie enough for how good he is in the movie. Uh, and yeah, I just absolutely love this movie. And as I got roasted for it on Twitter, I cried at the end of it. Yeah. Not because I was sad or, or I don't even, it's hard to explain exactly why, uh, though I tried to explain it on Twitter in that, like, uh, you know, like part of the reason why the movie is like such a touchstone, like cultural moment is that all, like, there's all these videos that are going around, all these viral videos of like school kids, black school kids, like jumping and dancing so fucking psyched that they go get to see Black Panther with their school as part of like African studies or or whatever. And that's a really sweet, inspiring thing. But then the movie kind of like makes that a part of the film also by ending with like little kids in Oakland, like seeing uh, T'Challa and being like in awe of him. And that's like one of the final moments of the entire movie. And when the credits hit, I just felt so overwhelmed by that moment that uh, I wept tears of joy and how beautiful it was. And it is a very beautiful film in general, too. It's really like well made. I know that Marvel movies sometimes get ripped for like looking like TV shows or whatever, but that is certainly not the case with this one. Uh, I absolutely loved this movie. Uh, it's right up there with Thor Ragnarok for me is like the best comic book movie ever made. So I absolutely would say, please do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen it already, go see Black Panther. It's awesome. And if you cry at the end, 
make sure you tell me. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, but yeah, let Justin know. <laughs> he wants to know if there are other white people who cried on behalf of African-American children. Um, okay. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> you can appreciate someone else's moment, even if it's not for you. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe that's true. That's maybe true. <laughs> I I wouldn't personally, okay. but, right. that, well, uh, but we've already talked about yes. that. I don't have a heart, and you I'm, do. I'm empathetic, <laughs> and the M at the beginning of that is a big part of it. So don't crop that out, Dan. Empathetic, <laughs> uh, yes. It's as opposed to just me being I'm pathetic. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Okay, I was like, oh, right, I gotcha. I'm empathetic. Yes, not, not I'm, I'm pathet- pathetic. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which, if you wanted that to is... get crafty with the editing, I'm just saying it's right there. Hey, I gotcha. Oh, damn, you're just giving me so many good ideas. I'll add that to my soundboard that I definitely have. Um, okay, my one good thing this week. We probably talked about it on the show before. Pardon me, but I'm rewatching it, and it's just so good. Uh, is Bob's Burgers? Oh, it's just, yeah, it's just such a good yeah. show. It's and, on Netflix uh, now. It is, yeah. The the seven uh, the first seven seasons are on Canadian Netflix. It's crazy that there's seven seasons of yeah, that show. I know. Right I think now. it's they're on the eighth right now. So it's yeah, it's awesome. I just I love the show, and uh, my girlfriend hadn't seen it, so she's getting to see it for the first time. And like, it was just one of those things where I haven't, I hadn't rewatched it. Like, I'd watch it once through, but I hadn't rewatched it. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the the third season is just like every episode is so good. Like, it's just it's just killer episode after killer episode. So, um, if you haven't watched Bob's Burgers, if you're on the fence about it, like we said, it's on Netflix now. And so uh, do it up. Is the cat doing something stupid? The cat just walked in front of the camera and then like hopped off the keyboard to kiss Stefan on the cheek. Justin got a very like... It was really cute. He got a very giddy giddy look on his face. And I was like, what is happening (laughs) over there? Um, So yeah, Bob's Burgers. If you haven't watched it, do it. If you have watched it, watch it again. It's very good. I want to say a couple weeks ago when Trevor Risk was on, I talked about the Frasier Ski Lodge episode being one of my favorite uh, sitcom episodes ever i also must give that recommendation to an episode of bob's burgers which is the talking toilet episode. oh so good with john yeah. with john, john Hamm. Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so good yeah. it is uh, incredible <laughs> incredibly good episode yeah yeah uh and with that that will do it for this week's episode our roommates once again have been heather and ben our producer is daniel cazetto daniel thank you so much for your uh, studious work once again you cannot hear him ever that's what a pro he is such a pro. you'll never hear him even he when we ask him to talk in producer yeah exactly even when we ask him to talk he's like eh, not for me yeah uh <laughs> If you want to support the program, you can head on over to patreon.com slash realgoodshow, where last week we dropped a special episode about the Jim Bannon extension with Justin Bourne from The Athletic. Mm. And this week we'll be dropping another special episode about the Cleveland Browns with a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, Sat Shaw from Sportsnet 650. So a couple big uh, guests on our bonus episodes this week. And we have this a mailbag month, rather, coming soon, And a too. mailbag as well. And yeah. look at that, folks. It's the shortest month of the year, and we somehow finally managed to do it. Three bonus episodes in one month. I mean, to be fair, two of them will be posted in March, but <laughs> we will record them in February. <laughs> Well, Wednesday's the 28th, right? I yeah. Think we could yeah, we could do it. By, well, I don't think... Are, oh, are we doing a mailbag tomorrow, too? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's smart. All right, sure. Yeah, they'll Sounds all good. be out by the uh, end of the month. Oh, okay. Nice. Look at that. 
So, it, okay, so the tradition we're continuing is <laughs> releasing multiple bonus episodes on the same day. I mean, I have to. <laughs> to yeah, finish Netflix style. To finish under, style. Yes, exactly. 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 I binge, love it. Binge, binge listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the website is realgoodshow.com where you can find pictures and videos of all the stuff that we talked about, of course, uh, each and every week. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Real Good Show. The Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash Real Good Show. That was Asuka checking in once again. <laughs> uh, and of course, it always helps the show if you rate and review it on iTunes. Gives us a little boost in their rankings. And uh, we always love it when you just tell people that the show exists and that you like it and that they might like it as well. Until next week, I'm Justin Morissette. Stefan Hack. John Cohn. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Jim Benner. Reclamation Projects. Well, that's basically the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. We'll, take, we'll take that as a win. Uh, before we wrap, though, Stefan, I meant to tell you that uh, I mentioned this before we started recording. Every single time that you retweet me on the Hockey Dipshit account, yeah. the replies that I get from that those tweets i know that they're because of your retweets because you're tagged in them also and like i don't know how you put up with that shit every fucking day i think part of it is just like knowing i'm better than them (laughs) (laughs) i think that's part of it for sure that's a big part of it it just feels good talking with these fucking idiots and being like you're a moron and (laughs) everything you believe in is wrong and that's it's going to uh be be proven out uh over the next you know three to five years uh and I am going to rub it in your face forever and ever and ever because you fucking idiots are the reason Mike Gillis got fired. You're the reason we have the stupidest GM in professional sports and you love him because he's dumb and you can relate to that. I hate you. I hope the Canucks never win the Stanley Cup when you're still alive. (laughs) (laughs) So you're willing. So you want them to die before you. I don't give a fuck. I was going to salute you as being a hero for putting up with those tweets every day, but uh, this took a turn, I guess. Yeah, so. it is kind. Of, it, like, legitimately, it is kind of fun. Just argue, like maybe I'll be able to change some people's minds. I think I have, uh, but and I do love arguing with the stupidest people uh, on the internet. So. Uh, so you yeah. heard that, stupid people. Jump into <laughs> Stefan's mentions immediately. He loves it. I love it. Well, since my baby left me, well, I find a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely. I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken hearted lovers to cry there in the gloom. Be so, but biggest lonely baby, biggest lonely, biggest lonely, they could die. Keep flowing, the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on the street, they'll never, they'll never look back and think it's so, think it's so lonely, baby. Well, they're so lonely, well, they're so lonely, and they could die. Well, if your baby leaves you, you got a tale to tell. Well, just take a walk down on the street to Heartbreak Hotel, where you will be. You're so lonely, baby. Well, you'll be lonely. You'll be so lonely. You could die.
Uh, thank these uh, donors. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just a, just a. We got a lot of donors. Thanks to everyone who's been donating recently. Uh, it's nice to know where we, you know, we said in January or December that we're really going to try to go out of our way to have cool bonus episodes and get great guests and everything. And it's nice that, that you guys are supporting that. And, and uh, thank you for continuing to do that. Look, I thought philosophically speaking, when we started doing the donor episodes, that people were really paying for the show that we put out week to week. But clearly, as the yeah, last no. two months have shown, it's not about. That I was very all. wrong. They just want more content. <laughs> They're like, "Shut the fuck up, Justin. Give me more. Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up and keep talking." But I want to pay for it. Uh, so first, we need to thank uh, WV eighty one ah, for a five dollar pledge. Thank you to whatever robot license plate that is. No, that's. Uh, I used it to like get the squeak out of uh, <laughs> one of my hinges recently. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that that's definitely... <laughs> I can both believe that that is a hinge uh, fixing project and that you go about fixing your hinges. Absolutely. Uh, we received a $5 pledge from, I believe, a previous donor, Douglas Wong. Yes. Uh, I think he's thank back, back on Doug, board. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you, Doug. He came out to uh, one of the Jokers games. He did. Yeah, yes, he did. he did. Absolutely. And uh, we'll have more news. Speaking of the Jokers, we'll have more news on Jokers 2 or whatever they decide to call themselves. It's out of our hands. But we'll have more I news hope on they call them. Jokers 2 would be the fucking funniest. It'd be so funny. But, uh, Just Jokers 2. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but we can push it. And Actually, news- I think last year we were given the option of naming the team if we wanted, and I said, let the kids name the team whatever they want. So maybe I could just say they're going to be called the Jokers, too. <laughs> um, we also received a $5 pledge from Matthew Vedris. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank, thank you, you Matthew. very much. Uh, we received a $5 pledge from Suraj Dadwal. Uh, so thank you. That's a Suraj. great name. I, great I'm name. jealous that I didn't get to say it. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And it's also a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit sad to think about because uh, I know that a picture of me has never made it on my dad's wall. So <laughs> a little bit emotional, but anyway, it's no problem. A uh, $5 pledge from Devin Blaney. Uh, thank you, Devin. Devin is, uh, I know him from, I recognize the name from Twitter. Okay. He, nice. he very much is uh, supportive of all of the tweets I write about how much I hate the Canucks and everything Perfect. they do. Wonderful. So, so he's maybe a, now he's supporting the show as well. He's maybe a, uh, in there for the Justin Bourne app. Yeah, and, probably. Uh, yeah. We received a $5 pledge. Whoa. From a woman, Danielle Jones. Oh, my wow, goodness. You, Thank you, Danielle. Very sweet. They do exist. They exist. I mean, we, we make that joke every time. I, I feel like we're up to like maybe 30 now. I know. I feel like it's like it's bad that we are constantly like, oh, woman listens to this? Can you believe it? Well, it's more just You know like, what, John? Women can do anything, including listen to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Just don't cry about it. Okay. And, next, donate, uh, and donate money to us. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely donate money that anytime. That is the more important. You don't have to listen. Yeah, yeah that's true, actually. Yeah, fact, we have yeah, said that before. If you just donate and you never listen exactly. to the show, that's totally yeah. acceptable I'm, as well. I'm striving for a world where our, our gender split between donors is 50-50 men and women. 
because it's 2018 it's time for that i think <laughs> i mean then that yeah that would be a lot more donations um, so that would be great i agree with your strategy completely um we also received a five dollar pledge from one of the real good sams sam johnston ah uh, thank you to sam, sam. And, welcome uh, to the club welcome yeah, to welcome, sam's club welcome to our sam's club and they also uh sam sent us a note saying i finally got my lazy ass around to donating and listen to hex giving it was hilarious keep up the good work boys oh thank you so much thank, thank you. you sam and we also received a five dollar pledge from kyle uh no last name so thank you kyle thank you kyle and so if you're like a kyle that listens to the show and you've been like you don't want to donate but you're like oh, i'd really want to hear my name on the show just play it back and pretend it's you yeah and, just take or just take credit for it like or that too yeah send us a tweet be like oh it was me by the way uh, i'm kyle uh, and lastly, uh, Michael Jansen pledged $5. So thank you to Michael. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. And, uh, big thanks all around. Big thanks all around. Another, another nine donors. And, uh, we appreciate every single one of you. Keeping the lights on. Absolutely. Before Kevin Hart <laughs> falls through them. God damn it. it okay. <laughs> I, I, all right. You know what? There's a lot of hearts out there. <laughs> It's okay, yeah. Stefan. There's no need to explain yourself because that clip still hasn't played yet. Oh, it hasn't played. Okay. No, in I fact, it it'll probably done. play right now. Or every so often, uh, 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 Kevin Hart will just drop from the ceiling. <laughs> Owen, Owen Hart? Hart, but I would love Owen it Hart. if it was Kevin Hart. Also. I, would, yeah, yeah. Be- <laughs> Fuck, I knew. I, I was like, it's either Owen or Kevin. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Wait, there's Brett too. Is there anyone named Kevin Hart? Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart. Oh, that's, is... the fucking, that's the fucking comedian. God damn it. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a completely different race. <laughs> and I've had a really uh, long day. So that's all good. It's <laughs> all good. Ah, oh, motherfuckers! Shut the fuck up, there. Someone else. Las Vegas odds say he won't hit one more time, and he doesn't. Thanks, Batman. Billy Reed, mate. <laughs>